0: And we're back with episode 33 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reed, with the co host, Russ. And today, Russ, you know, not in person, first episode we'd ever film, kind of virtual, away from each other. But, you know, two weeks into the season, been busy, but we're back. Tell me just kind of your initial thoughts, initial reactions to what you've seen so far from the dogs.
1: Well, um, initially, we came out, you know, a little slow uh, two weeks ago, in my opinion. Um, you know, had to get some stuff sorted out. Um, but obviously, you know, we're, we're getting it together. Mike Bobo is, uh, getting used to being the offense coordinator. Uh, and, uh, you know, the quarterbacks are kind of, uh, stressing me out a little bit. I like Carson Beck a lot. And, uh, I think he played good last game. First game, he's a little shaky. Maybe just had a few nerves. But, uh, you know, it's uh, looking up for the dogs this season so far, in my opinion.
0: I just kind of think, you know, I was excited about Mike Bobo. I thought Mike Bobo was going to do a lot of the same stuff that, you know, Todd Monken did leaving him with the offense. But, you know, really what you've seen so far has not been encouraging. And there's people out there saying, well, he's holding back. Well, he's holding back. But to me, I really don't know what's in store for this offense i'm doubtful right now about kind of the versatility and kind of the play calling because what you've seen a lot of is just really kind of generic run dives you've seen a lot screen passes not really a lot of downfield passing attack you've had some big pass plays but they've really been broken off just broken runs and broken guys breaking tackles and guys making plays and i was talking about at night with somebody you know they said I said it's kinda like Georgia's playing offense, like they don't have any weapons. So just kinda like, here you go, we can't really throw it deep. We don't have the guys go get it. And I mean, and you there's three all SEC receivers on that roster. There's a Mackey Award winner at tight end and probably the best backup tight end who would start at just about anywhere else in America. So I mean it's I just mean, kinda like what are we doing?
1: I mean, you have Arian Smith who is a a track star. Um who runs what? Probably like a four,
0: four, four. Five, I think he's in the four, four threes. I mean, his ten, his hundred meters, like ten. It's low tens.
1: But I mean, you have guys like that, and I feel like you're, we're just not utilizing them the right way right now. I mean, like you said, a lot of screen passes, and not a lot of taking shots, in my opinion.
0: And he may, and he may come out this weekend and say you know, take this and open it wide open and then just throw the ball all over the field. And if he does, thank God. But I just don't see that happening. I don't see them coming out and just kind of opening a new system up because people, like, I feel like you have to practice some of this stuff at some point if you want it to work. And you can't. Obviously, he's not going to throw everything out there. He's not going to use the trick plays. He's not going to use his, you know, fourth down call. He's not going to use that stuff. But you're going to have to open it up a little bit at some point.
1: I think a lot of it may have to do with his confidence in his quarterback right now. Also, a lot of the play calling may be um, for Carson Beck's advantage. Yep. You know, he might, he might not be comfortable throwing certain balls right now, and he's still working on it. And that may be a reason for the play calling.
0: And, you know, there's something else. You know, somebody talking to him Sunday after the – you know, after Texas and Alabama played, and they're like, man, you know, I'm glad we don't have that situation at quarterback. I'm glad. And, Russ, I'll be honest, we really don't know right now. We don't know what we have at quarterback. Because let's not forget last week Jalen Monroe had five touchdowns in his opening game. And Jalen Monroe, you know, he was the answer. He was the guy. He was, you know, he's going to lead Alabama to a victory against Texas, and then he comes out like that. So, because Georgia really hadn't had their first test. South Carolina don't really know what they have. They're not strong up front, but they're definitely dangerous if they can put it together. People thought they were going to be a contender this year in the East. So, I mean, just we'll see. I'm, I'm antsy to see them play.
1: Well, you know, I was talking to a buddy today at football practice, uh, Will (laughs) McLean, uh, you know, lifelong Alabama fan. And I was kind of just talking to him about, you know, the recent loss to Texas. And he said, uh, Well, he tried to throw, you know, Georgia's not good, Georgia's not this. And I said, how do you know? I mean, we won't know if Georgia's good until they play a good team, you know? We don't know what Georgia's got right now.
0: I think Georgia is head and shoulders the best team in America as far as talent goes. I think they're head and shoulders the best coach team in America. But there's definitely losable games on the schedule. There's definitely games where it's kind of like, that's going to be tricky. Ole Miss is going to be tricky. Tennessee at Tennessee is going to be tricky. there's games on the schedule that make me kind of like ah you know and then and in my eyes you know, like you really can't lose a football game on this schedule because I see it stacking up like you got to win the SEC because Texas's schedule is ridiculously easy from here on out. USC, if they can win out which they probably will, then you have teams like Florida State easy schedule. And then what about in Alabama? What if Alabama puts it together and finds a quarter? Like, there's teams, Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State, they look solid. There's so many teams this year that are in it. It's kind of concerning, and it's kind of like puts pressure on Georgia.
1: Well, I agree that, you know, with the with the strength of
0: schedule this year, you have to win every game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't let one go. And,
1: uh, you know, it might be tough for, for the dogs and – Another uh, area that I think the dogs are kind of struggling in right now is uh, the running back room. Um, I love Kendall Milton and everything, and I think he's a, a a great guy and a great running back. But I'm I'm not really loving how he's performing so far. Um, I just never have really been big on him in the running game. He's just kind of he's kind of this big slow guy, in my opinion.
0: Uh, Who's the other running back? Guy? They're running Roderick Robinson a good bit. Dejon Edwards is Robinson. hurt right now.
1: Yeah, Dejon's Dajon, hurt. Branson's hurt too it.
0: Mm-hmm. They're um, they're depleted at the position. I mean, you see Dylan Bell running the football, which by the way, he was absolutely electric no, on that daggum handoff.
1: I love Dylan Bell, dude. I don't even get me started.
0: <laughs> it's but I don't blame them completely because like, the Falcons ran this run play yesterday, which I thought was just absolutely beautiful. It was a counter-type design, but they tossed it. And then your two, your backside guard and tackle just pulled, and B. John Robinson just split it right up right up the middle. And it was wide open. And Georgia, like, Todd Modkin used to be creative. You remember, like, the fake pass or, like, the fake flip and then throw? I mean, we're doing none of that. We're just dropping back. And then we run the ball. Yeah. We don't have any guys pulling. I, I mean, it's just kind of like. We're blocking five on seven, and we're expecting to win.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, you even had uh, the little, the little white dude Cash, Cash Jones Guns, score a touchdown last week. Hm. I mean, he should never even be touching the field. I mean, I love him or whatever, hm. but he—I mean, he shouldn't be t- touching the field.
0: But we're so, we're so uh, depleted, at limited. The at that position, that it's it's ridiculous. Well, and, like, let's think back to Mike Bobo's last time as offensive coordinator. He walked out. He left, and his running back was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Todd Ty Gurley. Ty, I know he coached Todd Gurley. He had Gurley. I think he had Keith Marshall and Chubb and Michelle. That, that was his last backfield. And those are Lord. four NFL backs. So – these kind of generic, like, let's just run up the middle. Let's plug it up the middle. Let's run a little, you know, in between the tackles. Because these backs are, those are four guys who started on NFL rosters at one time. Those aren't your yeah. those aren't your typical backs. Kendall Milton is not going to be an NFL back. Dejon Edwards could play. Cash Jones, obviously not. Roderick Robinson, he's just young. I mean, he's an 18-year-old kid plugging in there, trying to, you know, make something. But he's going to make freshman mistakes. So I feel like we have to kind of, become creative with this running game because a team like South Carolina, are they more talented than Georgia? No. Are they better than Georgia? No. But if Georgia just goes three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out to start a game, you're just giving a team life. You're giving them energy. You're giving them hope. And that's really where Georgia's going to struggle this season. It's not because anybody's better than them, but teams are going to feed off of success off of them. If they come out and they get a three and out, if they come out and get a turnover, if they come out – and you drive all the way down the field and you miss a field goal, teams are just going to just get amped up, fired up. I mean, you even saw Ball State. They miss that field goal, a little chip shot, I and mean, they're going crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, you know, obviously new kicker, you know, yeah. he's
0: Yeah, he's going to not, gonna not the
1: guy we had, but uh
0: he's going to be solid. Uh, he's going to be solid. He's just he's got to settle down a little bit, get
1: used to what he's doing. Um, you know, kicking in for Georgia is not, it's not an easy thing to do, obviously. So, much, any pressure. so but, much pressure. So much pressure. Yeah, well, a I mean, lot of pressure
0: on you. You know, Russ, here's the thing I'd like to ask. Kind of, you know, swiveling off of Georgia, ask you, what are your thoughts on Texas and Alabama, just the game as a whole? And then give me your kind of, you know, outlook for the teams and their seasons.
1: Well, I only watched about, you know, the end of the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I They won by ten, didn't they? They did it by, by ten points. So uh, you know, Alabama. I think I think Jalen Milrow is still their guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's still the guy. He's the other guy's not going to replace him. I can't remember his name.
0: Uh, but, you just made me go blank. Uh, Tyler Buckner. He's should yeah, transfer, yeah, yeah. and then there's um the freshman uh Ty Simpson. Or sophomore now, excuse me.
1: Yeah, but I think I think Jalen Milrow is the guy for them. I don't think they're going to lose another game. Uh, Saban is known for you know having great seasons. Obviously, one I mean the best college football coach of all time. Maybe not right now, but overall, and um, you know they're going to have a good season. They're gonna they're going to be in the SEC championship, in my opinion. Who's gonna beat them? I mean, LSU's no good this year.
0: Oh, um, I wouldn't say it.
1: They're not. They're not good. It. I'm gonna say it. I don't. I don't <laughs> really care. They're not good. Um, Texas. They showed. I mean, uh,
0: what's the quarterback's name? Uh, Evers. Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers showed poise the whole game. I don't think I saw him make a facial expression.
1: He looked kinda like he was gonna cry the whole game. Looks scary. But he he looked like I mean, a seasoned quarterback. <laughs> I mean, came out throwing uh another guy, A D. Mitchell from Georgia, you know, transferred. Uh two touchdowns, I believe. Just a outstanding guy. I think I think Texas may go undefeated this year. I'm not sure who's on their schedule, but they're looking scary. Especially with the deep ball.
0: I, what I think, I'll give you my honest opinion, do I think Jalen Millro is still the guy? I think so, just because he is so explosive when he's on. Like, when he, when, he, when they play to his strengths and they just let him run that football and just kind of, you know, short little passes, stuff like that, get, build confidence up, I mean, they're going to be hard to stop because people are like, I heard people talking yesterday, and it's like, they don't have any guys. You know, they're not good. The offensive line is pretty good, you know, and they had some success in the first half running the football, but they went away from it. And then when they tried to come back to it later in the game, I mean, that Texas defense was so amped up. You know, you come out and Texas – I mean, it was just like – Texas was a little shell-shocked in the beginning. They had an early fumble and Alabama just came out and they just kind of pounded them in the run game. And it was almost like, well – and they just veered away from it through a pick. And then, I mean, you're just giving this team energy and energy. Do I think Alabama is that good this year? I don't. I don't think Alabama wins. I think they win nine games. I think they lose to Tennessee, and I think they lose to LSU. I don't think this team is good enough to beat those two teams. And I think that – here's here's my just analysis on it. I think in the LSU-Florida State game, LSU was obviously up at halftime. And you could say they were kind of in control. They were They were – They were favored to win, but second half, LSU played their worst half of football I've seen them play, and Florida State did not make a mistake. Now let's go to Texas and Alabama. Texas, let's not forget, they dropped two touchdowns. They dropped two interceptions. uh, They missed a field goal. I mean, that's 17 points, plus you're probably taking away. I mean, if if they play that perfect thing, like, Florida State did, where Florida State really did not make a mistake in the second half, you're looking at winning by 20, 25, 30 points against the team. And, you know, I felt like Texas was in control the whole game. There was never any doubt from my point of view after they scored. But Alabama, I mean, just on the back end, it was just kind of like the defense played passionate. The defense played kind of like an old Alabama defense did, which was kind of just like mean, angry fired up, but it was out of control. Like, there was no control. They weren't coming up to tackle. They were just coming up to hit. So you'd see these big Texas receivers guys like Donnie Mitchell, Xavier Worthy. These guys are just bouncing off. And then you fast forward, and they Texas has some success running the football, and then you just, like, go to sleep on the back end, and then Donnie Mitchell enters, and he just comes in and does that. And yeah. I think that a team like LSU with as much talent as they have – it's definitely going to be a dog fight, but I think they will pull it out. And I think Tennessee, I mean, Joe Milton, we don't really know about Tennessee right now. You know, they played great week one, week two. I mean, it looked ugly. It was, what, 30-13 to 13 against Austin Peay? And that makes yeah. me kind of like, ew. But I think that there's no way Alabama, they'll, they'll win 10 games max, 10 games max, but they're going to lose one of the two. And maybe both. I think they'll lose both. I just don't have a good feeling about this team. But I also think people are kind of overreacting. When I, I saw somebody – somebody called in to Paul Feinbaum this afternoon, and they said Alabama should move on from Nick Saban and throw all their money at Deion Sanders. <laughs> I mean, this is – I'm talking a dead serious person from Mobile, Alabama, called in. His name was like – I want to say it was um, Jimbo. That's the name on the screen. Called in. he said that they should throw all their money at Deion Sanders. And let's th- let's just think about it. Nick Saban, seven national championships. The best Deion Sanders has football coach of all time. Deion Sanders has won two games at the Power Five level. He's undefeated. He's undefeated, but he's played a TCU team that I think will go probably six and six, and a Nebraska team that has been through five head coaches in ten years. Yeah. And, and I, don't get me wrong. What Dion's doing at Colorado is unbelievable, and it's very impressive. And I'm really, it really kind of makes it exciting for the Pac-12 to have so many teams be just kind of in the discussion. But Colorado's not a contender. Colorado's not a team that's going to win ten, eleven games. They might win six, seven, eight. And if they do, whatever they win is just bonus because they won one football game last year. They won a game, not multiple games. So. Man. I mean, it's just like there's paranoia, there's hysteria in the Alabama world right now. People just don't know how to act, you know, because they haven't lost a home football game since you know Joe Burrow came to town in 2019, and even then they they played dogfight. Joe Alabama never gets embarrassed on their home field. This is Nick Saban's first double digit loss at home since 2003.
1: Yeah,
0: I think maybe it was 2002. I could not tell. You. I saw the number the other day, and I was, it was like seven thousand one hundred forty-four days. I mean, that's a long time.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: And the dynasty's coming to an end. I think everybody could have predicted that. I think Georgia's kind of on the rise, whether they 3 threepeat or not. But this kind of there's all this just hysteria around the program, and then you look at the flip side on Texas, and everybody's you know Texas is back, Texas is back, Texas is back, which I think. Is Texas probably one of the top four teams in the country? Yes, I think they are. I think they're better than Ohio State. I think that they're right there, kind of with Florida State, you know, but we really just don't know a lot about them. We really haven't seen them. You know, we've seen this one major test, and they played, we see what they can be. But there's losable games on that schedule. They still have to play Oklahoma, and Oklahoma looks strong. And I really don't know, you know, I feel like I have a bad feeling they're going to drop a game, but still win the Big 12. And just kind of looking at it from a bigger picture, I'm just kind of like, this playoff race is going to be interesting because I don't think USC can go undefeated. I don't think Oregon will, but I think your Pac-12 champ will have a strong case. Your SEC champ's going to go in. ACC, if Florida State wins it. But, I mean, Clemson's not dead yet. I don't want I don't want to rule out Clemson right now, regardless of what everybody's saying. I still have hope for Dabo. Yeah,
1: well, I'm not big on uh – I think Debo, it's Debo's time to go at Clemson. In my opinion, it's uh, the way they've performed so far is just ridiculous for Clemson. Uh, I don't really know what happened, but it's just not how you see Clemson perform. On a side note, um, have you seen the news about uh, Mel Tucker?
0: I saw that today. I saw that. I just saw it yesterday, but, I mean, just crazy. I haven't read into it. I haven't looked at it. I saw that. I saw, you know, Mel Tucker suspended from his job. And then I saw an investigation. I just looked up Mel Tucker investigation. I was like, whoa. Yeah, uh, I, read, Tucker, I read
1: about it a couple of minutes ago uh, just uh, just talking to my dad about it. He
0: was like, have you seen what Mel Tucker did? Um, um, Imagine Kirby brought him back that staff I mean you're talking about unbelievable
1: well I mean it would be good but he, he may never coach football again and
0: he's losing yeah, I mean, 80 million dollars I mean he's gonna I mean it's just stupid I saw that and I was like wow I mean yeah that's just something I just never would think Mel like Mel Tucker and a sexual harassment you know investigation just that just doesn't go together with me that like I thought I saw it I was like I couldn't even I was like what it's yeah, just, well,
1: I also have a uh, a guy we didn't talk about, and I know he was he was very important because I mean I was at the game on Saturday, and this and uh, Makai Muse was unbelievable on special
0: teams. Shout out, and we him. haven't talked about him yet. So. You know, I got he you know he added me back on Snapchat. Shout out to Makai Muse. <laughs> he must know we're big time, but you know he's. I saw, Russ, remember we saw him in the spring game. And yeah, we said, we like, and we I guy, said, who is yeah. this guy? And we were both like, this dude is legit. He's going to help out. I mean, Russ, week one he stole the show. You know, big time, touchdown catch. And then we get here week two and it's like, what's he going to do? You know, why are we not playing him on offense? I don't know because he's one of the most athletic guys on the field. He is incredibly shifty. He looks like Ben Holber. I mean he, he looks does. like Ben Hobra out there.
1: He's uh he was at he's a walk on um to start with. I guess he's probably on scholarship
0: now, but they they better put him on scholarship. They better give if him he's something. not on
1: scholarship by now. Uh they're gonna I'm gonna fire Kirby myself.
0: I mean the pump but I mean the pump return, like it's just not like there's just great blocking. Now there's a little there was a formation for it, but I mean he made some cuts on that pump return. I was like, I thought there was no way he's gonna score, and he just cuts in and out, in and it weaves. I mean, the guy is shifty.
1: Yeah, unbelievable athleticism.
0: I'd I'd hand I'd the ball I, off to him. I'd run him I'd run the ball with him.
1: I th- I think he's a he's a jet sweep guy. He let just him, let him try to get around the edge and and uh, beat the guys outside because he can do
0: it. Now we don't do that. We 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 run the the halfback draw, halfback dive. Uh, two man screen, two man screen, Uh little 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 dump off to Brock Bowers screen hey, screen. Let's run another screen. Why don't we? Let's dive it up the middle screen screen. Let's run. Let's run a pass play that obviously will not be open deep and throw it. I mean that's what it's like watching. I like, gosh, like this. I'm scared. I'm not scared about the personnel. I'm not scared about the players. I'm a little worried about Carson Beck. But they're gonna be fine. I think he's good enough and I think he's I don't know if he's got the it factor that Stetson Bennett have, but that's hard to find. And they can still win with it. I'm worried about the play calling. I mean I am just worried sick about this play calling. Yeah, me too. It's um it's
1: something to look for and watch as the season goes on. And just see how we change things up or how we show things differently. Something
0: that Bobo doesn't do that um what was what was the last guy? Uh Todd Monken.
1: Todd Monkin. Todd I'm so bad with names. Anyway. Really. <laughs> Todd Monkin gave Brock Bowers some like little touch passes mm-hmm. around the corner. That's what I want to see this season. I, I mean, it may be hurting Brock Bowers' draft stock with how they're playing him
0: right now. I mean, I want what I want to see is I want to see two tight end, three tight end personnel. I want to see them get creative running the football, and I want to see them run play action and throw the ball to Brock Bowers. I mean, it's not – you have the best – I think you have the best football player in the country as far as just like – I'm not talking about, you know, Oh, quarterback or this or that or this or that. I'm talking the best football player in the country. He is the best player in America. I mean, he can block, he can catch the football, he can run the football. I mean, he's he can do everything on offense, and there's no reason he shouldn't touch it ten times a game.
1: I totally agree. I mean, there's with no that. reason That's...
0: when you get in the red zone, you should not give him the ball. Because if there's if there's a harder player to tackle, show him to me. Because I don't see anybody else who's that, I mean, I don't know what it is. he's obviously big and fast and strong, but I mean, people just bounce off of him,
1: yeah, I'm a big fan of Brock Bowers. Hopefully Mike Bobo will become a bigger fan of Brock Bowers and give him the ball more I hope um, so.
0: Well, Russ, but, thank you for joining me today. Glad we got this in an
1: honor.